Hey, Cassidy, welcome home. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is my joy and my privilege to be the lead pastor here at Cassidy. It is awesome to be able to come together to worship, to celebrate what God is doing, either in person or online. It's the opportunity we have to gather together as a community of faith to celebrate what God is doing in our lives, in the world around us, through us, and and all of of the impact that we have on our communities, on our world, and in our lives. Uh, If you are new here. I'm just super excited that you are here. Uh, welcome to Cassidy. We are, we are a group of folks that realize, hey, we're not perfect, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And we would love to invite you to join with us, to, to go and grow with us in relationship with one another, in relationship with God, because that's what uh, following Jesus is all about. It's about building a relationship, a community of faith, and then going out in the world and sharing the, the relationship that we have that gives us life with everyone we come in contact with. And it's one of those things that we're thankful for, and it's an opportunity we have to give thanks because of all that God does in our lives. And for me, uh, it's just awesome because, hey, this Thursday coming up is Thanksgiving, and so it's an opportunity for us to celebrate and give thanks, and that's actually what we've been talking about this entire month, the idea of thankful. That we are thankful for what God has done by giving us family, what God has done by giving us friends. Uh, This week we're talking about what God is doing in our community by by sharing the lives of others with us. And next week we're going to talk about what God does in us as the church. And so we've been we've been having a great time uh, online. I, I like. Social media has not been something I'm excited about recently uh, or prior to this, uh, but once we started doing this, I, I'm excited to go on social media and see what people are posting. We've been posting pictures of those things that we're thankful for, uh, thing, family members that we're thankful for, friends that we're thankful for. I don't know about you, but this week has been a little rougher for me because I don't want to tag a friend who doesn't know what we're talking about and have them be like, he's even weirder than I thought he was. Uh, and maybe I don't want to be friends with him. So I've been a little sh- uh, trigger shy uh, of pulling that trigger and saying, hey, I'm thankful for you. I've done more of that via phone calls and texts saying, hey, I was just thinking about you and I'm super thankful for all you've done in my life, that kind of thing. Uh, hopefully you haven't, haven't had that same struggle and you've just been able to, uh, to, to knock down some of the walls and give thanks to your friends, your family, those people that matter to you. Uh, and this week, this week we're, we're going to continue in thinking through that. And like I said, it is Thanksgiving on Thursday. So we're excited about the opportunity we have to gather as family and give thanks. Uh, but the premise, and this was one of the things that we said on week one, it, it's so simple. The premise of Thanksgiving is to give thanks. And we're going to be looking to give thanks. This week, we're going to continue in that vein. And we're going to keep doing this the entire month of November just an opportunity to to give thanks to others for all that they've done in our lives. Um, For me, (coughs) community is one of the most important things. Uh, And here's why, because I'm I'm single. And and as a single person, uh, community is very important. Over the, the, the course of the pandemic, it's been even more important to try and figure that out. And mostly because I know I'm pretty aware of the fact that I'm an external processor. 
So as a single person who is an external processor, that means if you are friends or family of mine that I overshare and I expect you to care. Uh, and I know this about myself, I'm, I'm aware, uh, and sometimes it makes people uncomfortable, but I, I, I need community to help me figure out how to do life. I need the community of the church to help me to figure out how we're going to move forward. I bounce ideas off of people. I, I get my feedback, and then I, I process through that. That's how I do life. And so community for me is valuable in just figuring out what I'm going to do next. For most of us, we realize, maybe some of us don't, but we realize that we were created for community, that God created us in such a way that we, we want to be in community. We're, we're herd animals uh, is what I've heard it said as also that we are meant to be together. And, and I think quite honestly, over the past two years, we've learned that even more than we ever have in the past because we lost access to community. We lost access to being in relationship. We lost the ability to come together whenever we wanted to. And, and, and even today, there's some, some, some concern and some, some uh, hesitation with going all in for community. And rightly so, because we're trying to be safe. We're trying to uh, help keep others from getting sick and those types of things. But it's, it's hurt our community. I, I, I mean, even introverts started missing people. I've got a, I've got a family friend uh, and the husband is an extrovert, and the, the wife is an introvert, and they have two kids. And uh, when this whole pandemic thing started, she was like, this is okay. I can just stay home. It's not a big deal. Uh, the husband was chomping at the bit to get out and, and be hanging out with people, uh, but, but the wife was pretty comfortable. And, and, and over the course of time, even she got to the point where she was like, I just wish I could go and be with my friends. I just wish I could go and be with people. And we experience that in a way that we have never experienced that before. Maybe in a way that America hasn't experienced that in, in over a hundred years. Uh, I remember seeing videos and maybe you were one of the people that went out to nursing homes and you were visiting with loved ones through a pane of glass because you couldn't be in, in the room with them. Uh, I remember putting teddy bears, stuffed animals in windows so that when the kids walked through the neighborhood, they could count all of the stuffed animals that were, that were added to different windows in different places. I, I put my lawn chair out front so that I could just wave at people. This is how bad I was struggling for community. I could just wave at people as they walked by so that I could, I could say, hey, you know, it's good to see you. You know, hey, I'm so excited to see some other human being that is walking and doing something because we were so isolated. And so now we have a new perspective on community, maybe one that is, is richer and deeper, maybe one that we realize just how much we need community. And, and it's great to know that since we were created for community, that Jesus is serious about community as well. Jesus wants community to be one of those places that we're able to come together and, and to be a part of. As a matter of fact, we, we don't always catch this, but almost all of Jesus' healing miracles did two things. First, they healed whatever the issue was, blindness, leprosy, being lame, uh, all of those things. But second, 
They restored people to community. They restored people to community because Jesus recognized, first and foremost, community is important. And not being able to be a part of community means you're on the outside and and you're not as important to the community because you're not a part of it. And that's, that's the key to what Jesus is after. And so Jesus is always seeking to build, create, and restore community. And he invites us to be a part of that. And we see that clearly from the the gospel stories, like I said, of the miracles. We're going to be looking at three separate miracles that Jesus performed today and three separate instances of community being restored. The first one comes from the gospel of Matthew. Matthew was one of the the guys that Jesus called. He was a tax collector. His name is also Levi. Jesus called him and he got up out of the tax booth to come and follow Jesus. Jesus. And the second and third stories we're going to look at come from the gospel of Mark, who was uh, John Mark was his name. He was a follower of Paul and went on a mission trip and then uh, hooked up with Peter and, and wrote down the stories from Peter's understanding so that we could have both of these sets of stories of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And so the first story takes place uh, when Jesus was teaching uh, and, and comes, a crowd is coming around him to listen to what he's teaching. And, and, and somebody shows up that is very unwelcome in the eyes of the community, but very welcome in Jesus' eyes. It says this in Matthew chapter 8. When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. So they're all around. Everybody's trying to pay attention. And here's where it gets strange for that community. A a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now here's Here's the picture, because I don't think, uh, since we don't struggle a lot with uh, having somebody near us that has leprosy, we, we don't get the fullness of this picture. Here's what would happen. If you had leprosy, if the priests declared that whatever skin condition you had was a condition that would derive the term leprosy, then you were you were taken out of community and you would have to walk through anywhere you got near people and you would shout out unclean so that people would step to the other side because they knew that you were unclean and and, and didn't want to come in contact with you because they were fearful that you would give them the leprosy that you had. And it was was one of those statements in the law that, that, that if somebody was unclean, they had to go and live outside of the town or village so that they would not infect somebody else. And so this leper, this guy that has been kicked out of community, shows up to Jesus. And he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, nobody wants to come in contact with this guy. And quite frankly, uh, he's, he is, is looked down on even below people that, are, that, are, uh, that, that folks just despise and hate because he's also feared. And so Jesus turns his attention to him. And, and I love how Jesus deals with this. It isn't a, hey, it's okay, you're clean. It says this, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, this guy hasn't had human contact since he has been declared unclean. Jesus reached out his hand in an act of compassion and love and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. 
this, this should boggle our mind because now Jesus is breaking convention. Jesus knows that this guy has, has leprosy and, and everyone understands that, hey, somebody that has leprosy, you don't touch. But Jesus reaches out his hand and touches him and makes him clean. And then he says immediately he was cleansed. The, the leper was cleansed of leprosy. See that you don't tell anyone, Jesus said, but go and show yourself to the priests and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Jesus sends the leper into town to show himself to the priest so that he can be restored to community, so that he can be restored into right relationships, so that he can be there and, and, and experience life and no longer be on the outside. And, and this is so compelling for us because we can see that Jesus just longs for him to have a restoration. He wants him to be healed, yes, but more importantly, he wants that return to community so that the man can be a part of community. And we've seen this in a modern sense in, in the country of India. There was a, a young woman that went to India in order to, uh, to reach out to those that were hurting and, and, and considered unclean in the country of India. She, she would care for lepers and those that had tuberculosis, those illnesses that people feared. And, and we all know who she is, maybe not from that story, but by name. Her name was Mother Teresa. And she would surround herself with the people that were supposed to be on the outside of community, those that were unclean, that smelled and had festering wounds of leprosy. And yet she would go and be hands and feet for Jesus Christ so that she could restore them to a sense of community. And she said this, the biggest disease today is not leprosy or tuberculosis, but rather the feeling of being unwanted. The biggest disease today is the feeling of being unwanted, being outside of community. And so she made it her life's work, her mission to lean into those relationships, to love people where they were, even if they were, were ill and, and contagious, she didn't care. She leaned into that relationship. Now she took precautions, but she wanted to be in contact with them so that they knew that they were loved and cared for. Another of those stories where we see Jesus doing that same thing comes from, uh, from one of the, the, the most amazing interactions that Jesus had. He goes to a town that's outside of Israel, and when he gets there, a man who has been possessed by demons, not just one, but multiple demons, a legion of demons is there and meets him on the shore, and they have this beautiful interaction where Jesus, Jesus casts out the demons. And the man then is, is restored to his right mind. And he was so out of it when he was, was under the influence of the demons that, that he would break chains and, and cut himself on rocks and wail and run crazy out of his mind. And, and, and people could do nothing about it. And yet when Jesus interacted with him, Jesus cast out the demons, he got him cleaned up and he got him cared for. And, and, and that was where the story takes a crazy turn. It says this, when they came, the people of the town came to Jesus. They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. And they were 
afraid. Their response, instead of being overjoyed, was one of fear, not because of the man that was healed, but because of Jesus. And so Jesus returns this guy to his right mind and allows him then to find community once again. I, I love the way the story ends because Jesus uh, is, is begged by this guy, hey, let me come with you. Let me come with you and follow you. And Jesus says, hey, I want you to stay in your own community. Go back to your family. Go and be a part of your community because you have suffered for long enough. One of the other pictures and one of my most favorite stories of Jesus' restoration of community comes from a woman who was subject to bleeding. For 12 years, she had been subject to bleeding. Now, when we say subject to bleeding, we don't think too much of it in, in our modern scenario. Uh, people cut themselves all the time, and it's not that big a deal. But at this point in time, blood meant you were once again unclean. And so this woman had been subject to bleeding for 12 years and spent money on doctors trying to get help. And instead of helping, it harmed her even more. And, and so now she has no money and no hope of getting well. And her hope then turns to Jesus. She, she knows that if she just touches the hem of her, his robe, she'll be healed. And so she sets into motion a plan that could get her killed. She sneaks into town, not declaring that she's unclean, but instead going into the midst of the crowd in order just to touch the hem of Jesus' robe. Now, this means that this unclean woman, similar to the, 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 the leper that we talked about earlier, who should be saying, unclean, unclean, and letting people get away from her, snuck in so that she could do this. So she's in the middle of the crowd. Other people are touching her. And, and remember, this is the point in time when, when, when you think of being unclean, they believed it was contagious, kind of like the cooties, that you could just get it from touching somebody else. And, and so she's breaking all of these rules to come and be present with Jesus, to reach out and touch the hem of his robe. And while he's surrounded by this massive crowd, she does touch the hem of his robe, and he knows that power went out from him. And so he stops, and he's like, hey, power just went out from me. Who touched me? And the disciples are perplexed. They're like, Jesus, do you see the crowd around you? Who? What do you mean who touched you? Everybody touched you. You're in a crowd. And he said, no, somebody touched me and was healed. Somebody took power from me. And, and, and I want to pause and see what's going on. And, and, and I love the fact that the woman then confesses. She knows she's busted. She knows Jesus knows what's going on. And so this is how Mark's gospel picks it up. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, that she had been healed because she touched his robe, came and fell at his feet. And trembling with fear, because she knows she's not supposed to be there, told him, Jesus, the whole truth. She confessed, hey, I've been struggling with bleeding for 12 years, and I knew that if I could just touch the hem of your robe, I would be made clean. And, and, and so I snuck in, and I touched the hem of your robe and I know that I have been made clean. He said to her, Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Be freed from your suffering, not just a physical ailment, 
but also the suffering that you are, are, are enduring about being outside of community for 12 years. She has been subject to bleeding. For 12 years, she has been outside of community. And when Jesus, in this act of love and compassion, heals her, she is now freed from her suffering physically and emotionally, that she is able to re-engage with community and go home. Think of that. Imagine what that meant to her to be able to be returned to community. And now my, my guess is that you have all had a time when you truly, desperately needed community. Maybe that time is now. Maybe you've experienced, like me, the lack of community, and it's just been overwhelming. Maybe you're so excited because now community is starting to get back together, and we're starting to do things. Maybe that's something that's, that's helped you. Maybe it was another time where you were outside of community. Maybe, maybe it was when you were in school, and somebody uh, started a rumor about you, and nobody wanted to be your friend. Maybe it's something that's going on in your life right now. And you feel like you have been kicked out of the community, that nobody trusts you, nobody loves you. And yet, I want you to hear me, Jesus is present for you. We have been called just like Jesus to create community, to restore community, and to love people where they are. That is the job of us as followers of Christ because that was Jesus' job. He challenges us to make a difference in the lives of others, building community where community has been stripped away, loving people where they are in spite of what they've done or how they have lived their lives because it is not what others do that, that deems their value, it is because Jesus says they are valuable. And so we give thanks for a community, a community of faith, a community that seeks to follow Jesus, and a community that longs to restore brokenness in this world to prepare for the world that is to come. And so for, for the past few weeks, we've been having this online challenge, and we're going to do that same thing today. We're going to have an online challenge. This is your online challenge. Uh, post every day online for the next seven days, post every day something about our community, in our community, about someone in our community that you're thankful for. Uh, I, I've been thinking about this a lot, and for me, like one of the things that I struggle with is MoDOT. The, the Missouri Department of Transportation, because they put road signs up everywhere and they don't seem to do anything and the road is messed up. And then suddenly the road is finished and I'm, I'm thankful for that 10 seconds. And I thought about what would it look like uh, to post out there, hey, I'm thankful for MoDOT. Or I'm thankful for the, the folks in our community that do things that, that I, I don't want to do myself. Like those men and women that, that come and, and pick up my recycling at my house. The, the, the folks that make a difference at the grocery store. The folks that help to keep our parks clean and safe. 
What if we leaned into that and said, we are so thankful for our community because we find life in community. And and these people, these men and women, these areas in our community are things that give us life. And and what a joy it would be to share that. So I'm going to challenge you with that. Make that difference. Uh, uh, Maybe you want to send a card. Now, I don't know if you're going to send a thankful card to MoDOT. Um, You know, it's possible. Uh, But send a thankful card. If you don't have an online presence, send a card. I've talked to so many people that have been saying, hey, they, they are over overjoyed because they have been able to send out these cards and it's made a difference in their lives. Not the people receiving the thankful card, but the people writing the thankful card because giving thanks elicits a response from us as well. Or crazy, you can call or let somebody know, text them, even face to face, let somebody know that you are thankful that they are part of our community. These are the the online challenges that we have to to share and to care, to to lean into those relationships and let people know. But seek also those people that you can help restore community for. People that maybe have done something in your family that you are not so okay with. Help to restore community. Not to say it's okay, but to say, I love you nonetheless because Jesus loves them too. And that's our call in life. And that's how Jesus encourages us to live because he modeled that for us. And so my hope is that you'll join me in giving thanks for our community and sharing that thankfulness with everyone we come in contact with. Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks and praise for you are great and we give you glory for for the name of Jesus Christ who came into our lives to make us different, make us new, to give us a new heart for others, to give us a new life in Jesus Christ. We just pray that in this moment you would make us more like you, that we would draw close to you so that we could go into your world and share your love and grace with others, so that we could restore community And we can give thanks for community. Help us to do this now and always in the name of Jesus. All of us agreed and said, amen.